And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And also Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to have you here in the studio with us once again. We have an interesting discussion lined up for today, and it uh, deals with uh, government and uh, government's rights and uh, far-reaching effect into our lives. Uh, To open the discussion, I'd like to pose a uh, kind of a thought experiment today. Uh, Just suppose that uh, your line of work uh, entails insurance, and just suppose you were smart and wise enough and worked hard enough to have created your own health insurance company. And maybe we can call it the the Diedrich Insurance Company. How's that, Mark? (laughs) And um, the Diedrich Insurance Company gets a letter from um, the federal government that's telling you that you have to start paying for contraceptive care. And by the way, you've got to do it free of charge. And uh, that um, doesn't sit well with you as as an insurance provider because guess what? You're a Christian. And some of these contraceptives actually induce an abortion because life does start at conception. All Christians know that. And um, you have a problem with that because now your, your conscience has been violated and you're an insurance provider and you're forced to provide this kind of coverage for something that you don't believe in. And so that little uh, thought experiment is not too far from the truth, is it? Because somebody out there is running an insurance company. And um, because of the uh, individual mandate that has been forced down, um, I want to say from on high, but that's giving it too much credit, from the federal government, you feel that you have no choice. And in fact, you don't. If this thing goes through... Um, so, gentlemen, help me uh, articulate some of the problems with uh, this so-called individual mandate and the constitutionality of it, and maybe we can have a discussion today about this whole um, uh, policy. And I, I want to say also at the beginning that this is going to be a nonpartisan discussion. Um, you know, we may mention Republican, Democrat, but uh, this show is, is nonpartisan. So with that, who would like to get us started? I think what we're talking about is an extension of the welfare state. Uh, It didn't start yesterday or the day before. Actually, the welfare state got its biggest send-off or thrust back in the 1930s uh, and into the 40s, and its uh, ever-growing tentacles have been reaching out into society ever since. But we have recently, it seems to me, another one of those... uh, uh, explosions of federal government and intrusion into our lives. Uh, Long ago, it seems to me, we ceased to live within the constraints of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And and to break that policy and that understanding, I think, is going in the long run to cause extraordinary harm uh, in this country, not only to the citizens, but it's going to penalize and even end up in persecution of uh, Christians who take their Christian faith seriously. Yes, no doubt about it. And I think a lot of this is is aimed at Christians, conservative Christians. These policies are outrageous. And, of course, the Christians cannot participate in these policies. Ephesians 5.11, you know, tells us to take no part of darkness, 
but actually to expose it. I guess that's what we're doing today. We're exposing the darkness in these policies and the lies and deceptions that are with them. Um, Mm -hmm. The use of the term contraceptives, uh, I think, is a measured term. They are using the term contraceptives because they are so widely used. It's so popular. It can mean many different things. But among the things that it does mean, it also means, as uh, you said, abortifacients or those things Mm -hmm. which cause abortion. And I heard one commentator, and it just made my blood boil. She said, these don't cause abortions. The morning after pill doesn't cause an abortion. It's like, (laughs) are you kidding me? Either you're that ignorant or you are so committed to deception that you would lie like that on the radio. Now, this mandate has really, it's been around for a little while in my reading here. I found out that it was August 1st when the United States Department of Health and Human Services issued this mandate uh, concerning so-called preventative health services to be covered by insurance plans. And, of course, that really got the attention of those who are committed to a pro-life position as well as those who are committed to a very uh, narrow interpretation of, of um, pro-life in terms of the contraceptive and that sort of thing. And so, in particular, the Roman Catholic bishops got very concerned over these words because they saw in this law, in this mandate, where their freedom of conscience to worship God and to live for him was being violated by the federal government. The... Um the mandate uh, is a general mandate. Remember, we passed health care, and in the health care uh, legislation was a mandate that everyone had to have uh, health insurance of one sort or another. And, of course, uh, we understand that this whole mandate eventually will squelch out the private sector and push everybody into public yes, it will. Uh, insurance of some sort sponsored by the government. Uh, the regulations are un- being unpacked. Remember that Nancy Pelosi said we have to pass this to understand what is in it. Oh, well, yes. now we're beginning <laughs> to understand what is in it. And what is in it is is a kind uh, of regulations that are being written that are going to be all intrusive in all of our lives. Yes, The government's going to have the platform to get uh, into our lives, into health, into everything. Oh, yeah. This can include what we eat how we live our lives, whether we even exercise or not. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the eating thing, because in the news this past week, wasn't there some kind of thing where the uh, officials were going into the public schools and examining what the kids were eating? In Uh, North Carolina and in Kentucky, uh, (laughs) representatives from the uh, Agricultural Department actually Mm -hmm. showed up in public schools, and they inspected the lunches that the children were bringing to school to eat. Mm -hmm. Now, I happen to think that this is an attempt to do something else, to expand government. What they want to do is to establish their own kitchens, if you will, approved kitchens Mm -hmm. and cooks and chefs and workers, which will all be government union workers, to take over that aspect of our lives and our children. But the danger is it's separating our children from parents. It is, and I sit here thinking, wow, it's a good thing I... I wasn't going to – by the way, I went to the public school as, as a young person. Uh, my parents uh, didn't have a lot. They could not possibly afford a private education, and they probably didn't even know that much about it at that point in time. But I would take peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to, you know, to school. I'll bet you today 
um, maybe I would be called to task as a parent if if I want to send only peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Well, to peanut butter, my peanut child. butter. Remember, for many of the on the left, uh, it's almost like the devil because what it makes the few kids have an allergy to peanut yeah, butter. It's so therefore, true. you can't eat peanut butter. No, I understand. Part of this was. One one little girl, they took her sandwich, which was a turkey sandwich. A turkey sandwich. And she had a banana, and she had, oh, well, she had a bag of chips. And they decided oh, yes. it was not good, and they gave her chicken instead I and see. charged her, her parents a buck and a quarter for it. Yes. So can you imagine that? <laughs> yes. They not only took away her lunch, they gave her the approved lunch and then turned around and charged her parents. Yes. That, that, that's the kind of dictation, you know. Here's something that you don't want. We're going to make you take it, and now we're going to charge you for it then. Well, today on A Plain Answer, we're talking about uh, the federal government and, uh, in particular, imposing an insurance purchase obligation on the nation's citizens and thereby violating the conscience and the freedom of the citizenry that we have guaranteed to us under the United States Constitution. It's an interesting discussion. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I was there in the winter of 64 When we camped in the ice at Nashville's door 300 miles our trail had led Barely had time to bury our dead When the Yankees charged and the colors fell Overton Hill was a living hell When we called retreat it was almost dark I died with a grape shot in my heart Say a prayer for peace For every fallen son Set my spirit free Let me lay down my gun We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. But we can't come home till the last shot's fired Till the last shot's fired And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. 
In the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Today we're talking about the uh, recent news uh, regarding the uh, current administration's push for government-run health and also the mandate regarding that we purchase insurance. Um, But even beyond this is requiring the insurance companies themselves to offer contraception, uh, and that includes abortifacients. And so um, here at Redeemer, we have a real concern, and bottom line is just that uh, employees will be given abortifacients and contraceptives as a direct consequence of their employer's purchase of a group health plan. And so uh, we open uh, the show by mentioning a thought experiment, that of suppose you owned your own insurance company and that uh, you had this requirement from the federal government forced upon you that you had to provide these abortifacients, and oh, by the way, you have to provide them absolutely free of charge. One of the interesting uh, aspects of this whole thing is notice that the government, under the rubric of women's health, has gotten into the business of legislating concerning how to prevent pregnancies and all of yes. these kinds of things uh, and so forth. Under under the health rubric, of course, women's yes. health rubric, the problem is that there's not one avenue that cannot be gotten into. It's, it, the health issue is an avenue to every aspect of your life. It is. Now, uh, I want to say something about the Catholic bishops. The Catholic bishops, the Roman Catholic Church essentially is a church of bishops, and the bishops uh, I admire in many cases, uh, though I'm not Roman Catholic. I'm Catholic, but not Roman Catholic. Sure. I admire their, their moral stance on many, many, many issues. The truth is, though, uh, the bishops did not speak out with any force at all, and some even approved of the uh, present health care as it was going through the legislative process. Yes. Most of us begin to recognize right away that this is going to be an all-intrusive bill that's going to regulate our lives from the time we get up until the time we go to bed every day, from our birth to our death. And uh, we could see on, on the horizon. But I do believe that the bishops came late to this when they, they got gored finally, and they have to supply something that they don't believe is a moral uh, activity that is yes. supplying insurance for uh, their employees, which includes uh, birth control devices and everything else, and abortifacies. And they have a principled stand here. And the little change that was made by the administration is really a shell game. It's oh, a no distinction question. without a difference. It makes no difference. That's right. In fact, right. they've even compounded this problem with, with the Catholic Church, and it is this. They have mandated that private businesses, insurance businesses, give a service away free. When yes. did we re- grant the federal government that kind of power? Oh, absolutely. Well, that's yeah, a- this is disgusting. And, and I, I, when I started to read about this and understand it, I am very concerned for the freedom that we know here in America. We are fast losing our freedoms. One of the things we need to understand is, is how deceptive this was. Remember when this bill came up and how, quote-unquote, there was this compromise, which assured everyone, and of course you heard it over and over and over again, the mantra, 
it will not provide for abortions. It will not provide for abortions. Yeah. And, of course, these people were lying through their teeth. They knew all they had to do, as, as Dr. Vance said, they were playing a shell game. You yes. know, here it's not there, but, boy, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. As soon as they got it, then they're going to turn around, and it's a real shell game. It's, in in yeah. hindsight, it looks like that uh, those who are implementing this policy – anticipated the Roman Catholic Church's a move on this and actually had already planned that they would make this modification. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No There's doubt. no question. And There's no question. So they outplayed mind. the bishops, or oh, they yes. outmaneuvered them. What we see here is is a lot of game playing going on. And one of the sad parts about this is uh, much of this administration has been put into office by more than 50% of the Roman Catholics. 54%. 54% did this, and that's right. And when you look at that and you say, how could they support this kind of thing? Well, it's it's coming home to roost, and I hope a lot of them wake up and see just what is going on here. Here again, I, I just say, this is a spiritual warfare. There is so much deception going yeah, on. I'm glad you mentioned that. And you look at this kind of thing, and, and you see individuals talking, oh, contraceptives, contraceptives, you know, when in fact behind there there's something something else. And the reason they're saying it is because those who start opposing this, they're going to turn around and they're going to say, look, you don't want freedom. So you're trying to limit people's freedom. Yes. You don't want women to have contraceptives. You don't want women to have health care. That's what they're going to be crying and screaming when, in fact, they're the ones who are limiting freedom. They're the ones who are taking the freedom away, just as Satan did with Eve. Remember how Satan said, look, in, in the garden, he said, first he starts off, has God really said? And she says, well, we can eat of all the fruits. And then he says, yeah, but if you eat this fruit, you'll be like God. Oh, you're gonna yes. you're gonna gain something from this. She ate the fruit. Did she gain anything? She lost. She lost. Mm. The uh, the uh, secularists in this country have shifted the argument from uh, abortion, which uh, steadily uh, more and more people are opposed to abortion. Right. Most forms of abortion, unless the life of the mother is in danger right. or something. And they've been losing that. So what they have done now is shift the ground that you're opposing contraceptives. Right. Let me say that uh, I don't know of very many Protestants, just a very few individuals who actually oppose the use of contraceptions. What they do oppose is, though, that any kind of procedure that would abort right. a, a living human being. Correct. Exactly. Because life begins at conception. And even in the Roman Catholic Church has not opposed contraceptives in the general public only for their own church moral stand so it is important that that is not the issue right but they're deflecting these who are who are trying to control our lives are deflecting uh, away from the real issue and they're trying to raise the point that we're obscurantists who are standing between a woman and her right to have contraceptions well that is not the case and if anyone falls for that argument of course uh it's what they want. But the real bottom line here has to do with control. Mm-hmm. We does. have policies that are now clearly for some time separating children from their parents, public school policies and everything else that, that come along. The second thing is we now have policies in place that are separating a person's soul from their church. 
Oh, yes. And and this is what the problem is. We have a state, welfare state, that is encroaching in every aspect of our lives. And and what was it? Martin Niemöller's famous prayer, they came for the Jews and I wasn't a Jew. They came for the Poles and I wasn't mm-hmm. a Pole. Mm-hmm. And on down the line there, and he says, finally, and no one stood up, and mm-hmm. finally they came for me. Friends, uh uh, I, I'm fairly apolitical uh, in in my approach to the ministry. I have no, I have strong private opinions, but I don't share sure. them much. But let me tell you, we are at a crossroads right. in our society. the 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 government is not above the law. That is our constitution. There was a famous famous historical incident between King James and the greatest lawyer in in British history, and his name was Sir Edward Coke. King James says that he was the law, and what he spoke was the law. That's essentially what our government is saying to us through their policies. What we speak is the law, but Sir Edward Cook had to remind uh, King James that it's not uh, Rex is Lex, that is the king is the law, Mm -hmm. but the king and everybody else is under the law. Nobody is above the law. That is so true. And it even goes beyond that, because what is happening now is government is saying not only are we the law we are god that's really mm-hmm. what's happening and that's why they're they're standing in that's that's why christianity has always been a problem to so many and why it's the most persecuted religion because the christians will stand up and say god is god and we're not going to bow to anybody else yeah. but god and we have governments that are standing up and saying no you have to bow to us. And that's this whole thing is about government saying, you Christians, you have to bow to us. You, you know, have to do Roman Catholic priests were not allowed to read a letter from their bishops in the military. That's right. They were censored. Now, that is clearly a freedom of religion issue. Absolutely. Every soldier ought to have a right to hear what their church teaches. Yes. Absolutely. I'm just looking at the clock here, gentlemen. I realize we only have about two minutes left to the show today. Um, one of the areas that's uh, key, at least to me and the men in this room, I think, is the whole notion of um, what the Westminster Confession would call liberty of conscience, where um, we don't bind men's consciences in areas where God has left them free. Um, certainly in the church, that's been very important to me. Uh, where the church can say some things and other things it really has uh, no no right in saying and binding our conscience or a, or a Christian friend one to another. Um, I suppose it's a little less clear when we try to apply that in the government sense, uh, but, uh, you know, how could we deal with that, I'm wondering, from a liberty of conscience point of view? Is there any um, points that are to be made from that perspective and the encroachment of big government in our lives? I would say two things. Roger Williams called this soul liberty, the the, the famous uh, mm-hmm. uh, minister who founded uh, Providence uh, and Rhode Island. Uh, soul liberty or liberty of conscience, it's an important matter. Now, we, we have been preserved uh, in some sense or, or protected from this because our Constitution puts a limit on the government. Therefore, historically, as long as the Constitution was obeyed, this hasn't come up very much. Yeah. 
But since the 30s, as I mentioned earlier, uh, our Constitution has not been obeyed, probably even before the 30s. Hmm. Uh, it's not been obeyed. It hasn't been a check on federal government. They just keep growing and growing and growing. You're going to find more problems with conscience. Christians are going to have to, in the future, if not now, in many cases, are going to have to say with Peter, better to obey God rather than man, and they are going to have to follow their conscience even when there is a penalty associated with that, as Martin Luther King did in the South. Mm. Yeah, and that's uh, what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to stand up. But in the meantime, we do have a government that we can change, and one of the things that we have to do is watch and see where they are. Who are the leaders? Who are the people we vote for? Do they have a Christian worldview? Mm-hmm. And and sad to say, many don't. Many are talking about freedom, but the freedom they offer is not, is not the freedom that God gives. Yes, that God gives the freedom that that comes from Christ, and is bound to Him. The freedom they offer is the one of deception. The as as Satan deceived Eve in the garden. You know. Yes. Here you're going to have freedom, but you're not. We're struggling here in cultural values. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. And that's, why, with culture. that's why I say, unless there's a, another great awakening, Christians get ready for persecution. Yes, very true. Well, with that uh, very serious note, I see we're out of time already for the broadcast today. Dear friend, we would love to hear from you. And uh, just a reminder also that a plain answer is based on listener questions or uh, topics that have come up during the week as we've observed them. Uh, in culture, in theology, in uh, government, etc. And so please send us your questions for use on future Plain Answer programs. Um, You can send it to our email address. That address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. That address, again, ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. You can also leave your question on our voice mailbox. Uh, Just use our toll-free number. That number is 888 724-4427. And just follow the prompts, and uh, there will be a voice mailbox there for a plain answer. So we would invite you to do that. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to deal with your topics over the air. Thank you for joining us. This has been A Plain Answer in the studio with me, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. This entire broadcast is up on our website. Please check it out. It's found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. And a reminder to please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Come home. No, we can't.